This is the Build Your Path Podcast, where we explore how people get into their careers in the built environment. Today's guest is Ryan Monahan. Ryan is a senior safety professional at Barton Mallow Builders and has been in the industry for over 10 years. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Carter Machinery, Mid-Atlantic's full-service Caterpillar dealer. Learn more at cartermachinery.com. Welcome on into the Build Your Path podcast. I am your host, Matthew Pine, and my guest today is... Ryan Monahan. I'm a senior safety professional with Barton Mallow Builders. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Glad to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So if you don't mind just giving our audience an introduction, um, a little bit of your background, who you are, what you do. Okay, sure. So like I said, I'm the senior safety professional with Barton Mallow Builders. We're a national construction management firm. Um, who specializes in higher education, uh, healthcare, sporting venues, energy, automotive, and industrial sectors. We're actually based out of Detroit uh, and in Southfield, right outside Detroit. Um, but I actually work out of our local Baltimore office and cover projects uh, spread throughout the state of Maryland. Uh, I'm, I'm part of a 50-person safety team with about 2,500 employees nationally. Um, I like to kind of explain it like I'm an OSHA uh, employee or inspector for a private company when people ask what I do and don't really know much about safety. Um, so my day-to-day really consists of, um, you know, safety audit walkthroughs and inspections, training sessions, uh, toolbox talks, stand downs, um, uh, the occasional incident investigation, um, pre-con kickoff meeting, coordination meetings. Um, and then overall, just helping analyze, um, solving, and mitigating hazards on the job sites. Um, but you know, that's kind of a coverall. Like I said, like n- n- my day to day isn't always the same. I mean, in construction, it's never really the same for, depending on your your um, your position in the field. But I mean, it, it's it's literally different every day, which is one one reason I really love what I do. And you just mentioned uh, pre-con. That would be pre-construction, right? Correct. Precon, I, I, I've been getting more involved in the, the, the far front end after projects are awarded, you know, and getting mm-hmm. getting in there with estimating and, and the, the project management team to to look at the hazards and the scopes, um, the scopes of work for all the subs and try to help, you know, catch all that beforehand because the time to catch those is not in the field, right, when they're putting it in. Yeah. Happens a lot more than you think, right? But um, the earlier we can catch it, the better it is for everybody. So I try to get more involved in the pre-con side as well to help the teams. And I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of younger people listen to this podcast. Can you kind of talk about, um, you know, how you got to where you are now? Uh, what pathway did you follow in your early life? Sure. Yeah. It's kind of a long story, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, I guess. So my interest in the, in the built environment really began at an early age. So, just like most kids, you know, Legos, tree houses. I had the play tools and the play belt, the play tool belt, right? Yep. Um, just like most kids, I love watching any construction equipment that I could find. You know, I remember vividly I spent uh, a few weeks with my grandparents in New York one summer when I was in elementary school, um, and they had actually had a crew repaving their street that week. Um, so literally the entire week I was outside uh, in the summer just watching the crews and talking with the guys, you know, just, just really interested in what they were doing. Um I, I found that kids have a natural attraction to, to bright yellow equipment. Um, I actually have a, a two-year-old daughter myself, so I can attest to that. And they love equipment, no matter what kind. Um, 
even one time when I, uh, one of my um, previous employers, we built a school in Annapolis right next to an occupied uh, city playground. Almost mm-hmm. every day, man, you'd have a whole group of kids just stand there at the fence watching the equipment. Um, and then you had a couple that would actually go play, right? But you still had that herd of kids that would watch right. the equipment all day. So it was kind of funny to watch, you know, just to see the kids are just, you know, entranced by it. Um, and then some of us just keep that interest thriving as you get older and you get more into it. And that's kind of what I did. So, I mean, um, uh, my current safety uh, manager position would probably kick myself for saying this, but in, in middle school, actually, I mean, my friends used to go to a, a neighborhood that was being built nearby and we, you know, go in at night and, and crawl through the buildings, you know, and not <laughs> the safest thing, right? Nobody wants to hear that kids are doing that. But, you know, my friends and I would actually ride bikes out there and then uh, we'd explore it. I mean, I always thought it was like cool to see you know, what was under the drywall, you know, how things go together. And um, it also kind of stemmed from me, you know, liking to take things apart, you know, just a little like radios mm-hmm. and stuff that were junk. I, I mean, I didn't always successfully put them back together, but um, I like to, I like to take them apart and kind of see the inner working. So, um, I mean, it's so hard to be, I mean, 17 or 18 at a high school and be like, you know, this is what I want to do. This is my path. So, you know, maybe let me attend a four-year college and kind of go that route. I mean, that's kind of the the norm, right? Everyone thinks about four-year colleges and, you know, you got to choose right out of high school what you want to do. Um, I had that notion in high school, you know, that when you chose your path, you kind of stuck with it. So, right. Um, so anyway, as I got into high school, um, they actually, my interest kind of peaked with uh, drafting classes. So we had, you know, engineering and architecture and all that through the tech ed department um at Severna Park High School so in Arona County um they had drafting courses and these are like the original hand-drawn drafting you were drawing your borders you were using different pencils and erasers and t-squares and all that so no CAD right right right. um which then kind of got me into those were like the intro courses to architecture classes themselves um so I think uh, nowadays they're looking at what STEM is kind of the, the big push, right? Um, mm-hmm, for sure. We didn't really have STEM then, but that, that's cool that they're going that way now. Uh, so my last year of high school, actually, um, a handful, me, me and a few of my buddies, um, after we took the initial architecture courses, we wanted to take some more, but they didn't actually offer any. So my um, professor or teacher actually uh, went to the county and was like, hey, I got like five or six kids that want to take more classes in this field so he ended up getting uh, approval to, to to make another class so um my last semester it was like an honors architecture course where we basically just got more projects they, they just gave us more to do because um, mm-hmm. we were kind of on our own as it was um because a bunch of us got out half day so we would take classes in the morning at the high school and then i would go to community college in the afternoon and take some gen ed courses like math and english i believe i took um to help get some gen credits out of the way um, so the half day was great. And then um, after graduation in 2004, myself and those uh, three of my three of that handful of friends actually went to Anne Arundel Community College together. Um, and we had kind of it was kind of cool. So the head of the department, Mike Ryan at the time, had came over um, to the high school and talked about the program and how you could get a two year degree and transfer into a four year. And a lot of these schools are uh, they're partnered with. So it would put you in the third year at that school. So you'd only have to do uh, two more years, which was kind of cool to, to kind of get that um, connection with that local school. So we ended up going to Anne Arundel and we lucked out. It was a brand new building that fall in 2004, brand new architecture building, you know, even had the, 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 the copiers, the big color printers, the wood shop, uh, the brand new drafting tables. So we were all excited to get in there together and kind of continue our path um, in architecture. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, we've actually, actually, all of those guys are still in architecture today. I'm still connected with a few of them, so it's kind of cool. They still stuck with it. I kind of went a different route. Um, so during my last semester at Anne Arundel, I worked full time at a at an architectural firm by the airport, and then we worked on like retail fit out and food service CAD work kind of thing. Um, so now this is actually where I quickly realized that a computer screen uh, and desk was not for me. So, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I love drawing. I love the, you know, the parts and pieces of it, the sections, elevations, all that stuff. And, but I was actually losing my artistic drive, you know, and, and mm -hmm. wanted to be out in the field. So, you know, the day to day watching it all come together, that was really what I wanted to do. And in architecture, you've got to be a special, um, you got to be in a special section of that to, to do like to do the field management stuff. And even then you're not in the site that often. Um, so that kind of helped me, you know, it was a good experience, but it also kind of led me to, Hey, all right, what else is out there and what other options are there for me? So I did earn my associates in architecture in 2007. Um, and in architecture at the time, when you transfer, it's kind of hard to get into a program because uh, a lot of kids start, you know, at a four year from, freshman year right so mm -hmm. as a transfer it's more difficult um so i took an extra semester because they don't usually let you in in the spring and i took some more classes in cad um so i had a two-year degree and an extra semester with some uh, cad classes um and i had applied all over the place got into a bunch of schools some schools i got into were, put me in different programs because they didn't have openings um, but at the end of it i ended up uh, at ohio state because they ended up taking all of my credits from Andrew Rundle. So, wow. yep, got my associates in architecture uh, in Arundel, transferred to Ohio State, um, and then I was placed directly into their architecture program as a junior, which was nice, too, so that they took so many courses, I was able to transfer and not start from scratch. Um, but about two weeks into that program, at about 2 a.m., I, I, you know, I threw in the towel. I was working on a model, I believe, and I just didn't have it anymore. So it, it takes a lot of artistic drive and dedication to stick in that field, and mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I was exhausted, tired of trying to continue that path when I kind of knew it wasn't where I wanted to go. Um, and I, I was kind of more worried about my parents and you know, how they'd be if they would be supportive or disappointed. Yeah. So they were a little disappointed, you know, but after you know talking it through with them and all that, I did gain some full support. So that was nice to have that um, after I changed, you know, not too often do you hear a kid calls you from college, you know, two in the morning and says he's changing majors. Right. So um, but luckily for me, Ohio State did actually have a construction management program. Um, mm -hmm. and that to me was, you know, you still get to be, you'd be involved with the drawings and the built environment, but you're, you're, you're out in the field, um, or there's different paths as a project manager as well. But I knew that I wanted to kind of go a superintendent route. So I was lucky enough to get into that major and they gave me a few weeks to catch up. Um, cause I did miss, you know, I was, it was almost two weeks into the quarter and at Ohio state at the time was on quarters. So there are 10 week classes. So it's a lot of work to catch up with wow. you know, as opposed to a semester. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that took some getting used to, but I, I was, I, I mean, as soon as I was in there, I kind of knew this is just the personality of the people, the, the, you know, the, the teachers, the, the, the classes were, you know, I really loved it. And I was kind of glad that I was able to see early enough that that's where I wanted to go and didn't end up like some people where they get a whole, you know, bachelor's degree and then they figure out like, wow, I don't want to do this anymore. What do I do? Um, that's kind of where I, you know, I ended up. I mean, luckily, like I said, they had the major, I was able to switch over. Um, but I was really relieved, you know, so after my first year at Ohio state, uh, I did come back home and I interned with a large national general contractor 
it was on a retail project in Annapolis. So being out in the field that summer really did help me cement that, that, that decision, you know, that construction management was the, was the right path, you know, um, a lot of menial tasks as an intern, right. But I mean, it's, you do get the hands-on experience and you get that, you know, in-person field experience. So, um, I had a great team to learn from with them, uh, as the, at that general contractor, and they really had a good internship program. You know, I, I worked a little bit in estimating for a couple of weeks and then the rest of the summer I had, uh, I was in the field. Um, <clears throat> so fast forward into my last year at Ohio state. So 2010, I needed to get about three years, um, three years of the program to get my bachelor's since I changed majors. So I got out in 2010, um, and during that last year, the construction program actually had an OSHA 30 course that they had offered to students, which was all well, you know, really great because, I mean, it's $800 at the time. It's probably more. Um, so it was mm-hmm. a three-hour class, one day a week, 10 weeks. Um, and each week, though, we had a different industry leader from um, their respective field come in and, and lecture. So a, a really cool way to take a class as opposed to having the same person every week talk about things. We had a different um, guest lecture each week. So at the end of the course, actually the coordinator, uh, of the class was, you know, asked, she's like, well, after you took this course, you know, who would actually be interested in a career in this? And I'm like, I didn't even realize that was a thing, you know, most people mm-hmm. don't. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, uh, you could have a career in this. I was actually one of the three people that was like, I'm kind of interested in it. Um, so that kind of piqued my interest when I was in the construction, uh, industry. So, you know, in 2010, I did get out uh, with a bachelor's in construction. Um, not a great time in the industry, as you know. Uh, it took me about seven months to find a job, and that only really happened because. Um, and this is this is kind of a good ping for networking, right? Knowing, uh, connecting with people, and staying connected. I had had a, I was looking for jobs all over the place, living in my parents' basement. You know, I had a degree. I wanted to get out of Maryland. I wanted to go anywhere. I was applying all over, um, and I couldn't find anything. It was that bad. But uh, one of my old roommates was still in the major uh, at Ohio State. And he had emailed me that, that there was an email bouncing around from the department about a project engineer, field engineer position with a multinational contractor in Fort Meade. So right down oh, wow. the road for me. So I was like, OK. So he's like, hey, I don't know where this is, but, you know, check it out. So I applied um, and it turned out the guy who, you know, had forwarded the email and set up the job posting was an Ohio State alum living in Maryland in construction. So it just worked out that way. And I, I, I interviewed and they were like, Oh, great. You grew up here. You went to these schools with that we're building and you're right down the road and we can pay you, you know, like not much, but we can, you know, we'll pay you a little bit and we'll teach you stuff. So I was like, yeah, sign me up. You know? So I, sure. I, you know, the, you, get, you get out, you're not making the best money, but who cares? You know, you got a job and you're learning. So, I mean, I was in the field, you know, working the 12, 13 hour days as a you know, project engineer, but I learned everything from, you know, punch list to, change orders to bid solicitation close out i mean anything anything they had you named it and i wanted to learn it so that was that was a great part uh, i mean a great experience and a good foot in the door you know to kind of get into into the industry um and they like i said they were a multinational contractor um but um this team was about 12 people and we did just schools so i literally just worked from trailer to trailer i never even went to the office in virginia um but it was it was like a cm at risk almost uh, but that was a great experience, you know, I mean, and that kind of, so you're like, all right, where does safety come into that? I mean, it's kind of fun. So, I mean, the last couple of years there, I spent six years with that company, you know, being a big company, their safety presence, they didn't have too much safety um, management, right? So they had one guy and he covered like four states. 
So we would probably see him once every six months uh, if we were lucky. Uh, so, and that kind of, our team was like, you know, that's kind of, we don't like that. You know, is anyone interested in getting into a safety role? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I got the OSHA 30. I, I have the interest. Um, so my senior PM was like, okay, you know, you know, we'll send you some courses. So he ended up sending me, um, to get my OSHA 500, which is an instructor level course. So you can teach the 10 and 30 hour courses. Um, they sent me to get the first aid CPR AED trained the trainer um, and actually even paid for my, I have a graduate certificate in occupational safety, which I got online. So that was pretty cool that they were willing to do all that and, and invest that in me. And they saw that I was interested. So, um, you know, and then after I got all that, like the last year, they were, they started putting out feelers like, Hey, he's looking for a full-time safety role. Uh, but it just didn't pan out with that company. They, you know, they never really took the, you know, took that and transferred me over. So, I had a buddy that worked at that company who went to a local GC um, and they were hiring for a safety, like entry level safety. And he was like, Hey, I don't know if you're looking right now, but you know, we got a position. Um, so I interviewed with them and they were like, you know, we like your CM background and we know you don't have much safety experience, but we're willing to teach you. Um, and that's kind of the, the real foot in the door that got me to where I am, you know? And then they, you, it, it, they always say it's hard to find a position unless you have experience, right? And that, that's pretty true. Right. I mean, but in construction, especially in this in Baltimore and Maryland, the local markets, the, the more people you know and the more connected you are, the better you ha- the better the chances you have. I mean, I, I will talk about that, but um, that really gives you the, the the leg up when it comes into getting into the work. Um, so you know, I spent a couple of years with them, and that's kind of after about two years of them, I got into where I am now in Bart Mellon Builders. Great. Um, So you just mentioned like, you know, connections that you've made, networking that you've done. Have you had a mentor in your life? And if so, how have they shaped your career? It's hard to say, uh, you know, I've had one specific mentor. I mean, I've had quite a few, which is great. I've been very fortunate um, to have a handful of them throughout my career. Um, One of them you've actually interviewed for this podcast, uh, Meredith Sullivan with Loyola. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, she Yeah, we're great friends. She was actually my wedding. So, yeah, oh, wow. great. Uh, and I used to work with her years ago. So, at a firm, architecture firm. So, she was a great mentor. Uh, another one would probably be my uh, old professor and uh, friend, Brandy Shepherd. So, she's at Anne Arundel Community College. She's a okay. great uh, industry leader and, and professor over there, still there. I actually stay in touch and lecture with her um, for her CM courses every fall. So, I've done that nice. the last three years. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, at Bart Mallet, I'd definitely have to say, um, you know, I've only been here two years, met a lot of great people, but um, my fellow safety manager, Mark, in uh, Richmond, we have two Virginia um, safety managers. He's been nothing but a wealth of knowledge. You know, I mean, he was actually, his story was kind of cool. He was a Mason for like 20, 30 years before he got into safety. And believe me, if there's an injury or something weird that happened, it happened to him. So he's got a real life story, <laughs> got a real life story for all that. And it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Sadly, you laugh, but it's like they do make great safety professionals when they've been there and maybe they've had things happen to them or seen a lot of stuff. Cause it's like, all right, this is, I've seen it. Right. So I didn't read it from a book. I was in it. So it's cut. He's been a great resource and mentor where I can call them all. I can call him whenever I have that oddball question or just event sometimes, you know, we, we stay in contact. He actually ended up uh, up here for a few days, like three days when I started to kind of get me acquainted to the area and, and tell the projects. Um, so, I mean, with all three of them, they've had, they've got tons of industry experience, you know, that makes them priceless connections and, and, and colleagues. Um, 
they're always willing to take that time out to explain things or recommend ways that I can better myself or, or you know, my career path. So, um, but like, like finding a mentor can really help shape your career in many ways. I mean, from calling on them, you know, say, Hey, can I get a letter of recommendation um, or being a job reference? That's a good thing. Right. Um, to having connections in the local industry to help get your foot in the door. We talked about that earlier. I mean, um, Meredith actually ended up getting, uh, I think she was the one that forwarded me the, um, uh, internship posting when I was in college to work mm-hmm. on that retail job. She had new people at that company and was like, Hey, they're looking for interns. You know, so the more people know and the more you connect with the better the chances. Right. So, um, I, I do still t- stay in touch with all of them. Um, even if not to pick their brains, just to call them and say, you know, how you been, what are you doing? You know, what's new. So, um, and you mentioned Barton Mallow a couple of times. Uh, what has it right. been like to work for a company like Barton Mallow? It's, I mean, it, it's been wonderful. I mean, I've been, here just over two years now. Um, so I spent two years with that previous contractor as a safety um, coordinator. And then I jumped over to Bart Mallow, but I mean, it's been great. I mean, I came from a small, that small contractor with about three other safety professionals um, to a national team, right. With 50 safety professionals and, you know, 2,500 employees nationwide. So quite an adjustment, especially when I'm the only one in the state. They're like, okay, well, you're going to report to us in Michigan, and if you need stuff, call, right? So that's a, mm-hmm. it was quite an adjustment, not you know, not having the local um, safety team, but knowing that I do have that full support from the president to the director of safety, and the, you know, all the way down through legal marketing, and having all those resources, it's so great to have. You know, if you need a lawyer, or if you need somebody insurance and risk, you call them. I mean, we have so many people that support us in what we do. That's been a, a, a real benefit. Um, I mean, they give you the tools and the support that you need, and then they help you excel in any way you can, you know. So they're they're really a strong presence in every community where we work. Our, our core values or mantra is uh, people, projects, and communities. So that's been really cool. Every, every spring we do a uh, community involvement and volunteer event. We spend all week and we go out and, and you know, do different things, food drives, uh, landscaping. Um, so that's been really cool that they do that. I mean, just – and they allow you to go out that whole week and, and help the community. So – um, everyone's been great to work with. They, they truly care about each other, the team, the clients. Um, so I'm really excited to see where the future takes me with them. And cause we got a ton of upcoming work. I mean, despite all these material challenges and COVID things that are going on, right. We've got a ton of good work coming up. So, I mean, I, I love it. Awesome. Uh, this is a question that I ask every podcast guest and it's something that we talk about a lot on the podcast and at MCCI in general. Um, but what should the industry be doing to entice young people? <laughs> That's a good question. So, I mean, I, so they need to give incentives and training to get these young people into the industry, right? Because right, there's a ton of people retiring, right? And just mm-hmm. getting out of the industry for different reasons, just age or some leaving early for, you know, you, you don't want to do it anymore. It is demanding on the body, okay? Um, yeah. But I think like Votech programs, STEM programs, or internships are a good start, you know? And getting involved with the high schools, right? Uh, like like I said, Andrew Rundle, the director, uh, came over and was, got it got to us at senior high school. and was like, hey, we have a program. Come in, you know? Um, actually, Andrew Rundle is opening a um, trade school, I think this spring or summer I read, which is really cool for welders, electricians, plumbers. They got a whole school just for that. So you can go right in, learn it and come out with a, you know, with a, with a trade. Um, so aside from providing the tools and training, you know, let them get out there and, and do the work. So show them the fruits of their labor. Um, you know, Bart Mallow actually has a program called Boot Camp in Detroit. And I've been talking with them about trying to get it down in Baltimore. And there has been 
discussions about that. Um, but anyway, boot camp, it gives people ages 18 to 24 uh, the tools and training um, through employment on our project sites in Michigan. So what it is, it's a six-week program spread across multiple trades, so civil, interior work, uh, seal, and concrete. And you go out, they give you the tools and training, and you spend that six weeks doing that trade and learning. Um, and if it works for you, you know, you have the option or we, we could hire you on full time where you're free to kind of take your tools and trade and go elsewhere. So that's a really cool thing they do um, with Detroit. And they are, like I said, kind of interested in getting it down to Baltimore. I think it'd be a really beneficial program down here. Um, but, yeah, like I said, the, the need is stronger than ever. The work is there's plenty of work. And I'm talking to subs all the time. They're like, I can't find guys. Um, and if they do find them, they'll, they'll work for a little bit and leave or quit or don't show up. So that's the hard thing is finding people with, you know, the determination and just the, the, the will to go to work and, and want to be a reliable employee. You know, being reliable and, and wanting to learn is a big thing. And those, those things will get you far. But, you know, you got to show up and, and, and you got to be there and reliable to do that. Um, and, yeah, most trades can be hard on the body. A lot of guys joke like, oh, I probably wouldn't do this again. But, you know at the end of the day, they love what they do and the, and the salary and benefits are great. And the, and the, and the feeling of accomplishment and seeing the buildings, right. And, hey, I worked on that project. You drive by it or that one's been there for a while and, and you work on that. It's a pretty cool feeling, I think. Um, and I, I always regret not doing that. You know, in high school, they talked about, hey, go, go out in the summer and swing a hammer and, you know, put some rafters up, you know, work for the framer. I don't know why I never got into that. And I kind of regret not doing that. Um, mm -hmm. But that would have been a cool thing to do as well to kind of get hands-on experience. Um, or just go out and be an apprentice, you know, or a helper, you know, during your summer and, and, and get your hands on if that's something you're interested in. <laughs> yeah, and, and listening to your story, obviously, you've mentioned how once you're in the in industry, you can take your career really anywhere. Uh, can yeah. you just talk about, you know, what yeah. the construction industry offers in terms of maneuverability? Yeah, so the, the lateral movement opportunities in this industry are endless. So actually, we just had a um, group huddle uh call the other last week and it was uh, a girl was talking about how she had started right out of college in uh, vdc like uh, uh -huh. virtual design right out of our michigan yeah. office and she kind of saw the field aspect and was like hey i kind of want to get into that and the construction management side and she and then we have a big project out in um, arizona right now that just started it's a electric motor car plant a big one and they were having problems not problems but just hard when it's a new market for us so we had a joint ventured but they needed to bring a bunch of people from Michigan out there. And they were like, Hey, well, if you're willing to travel, we'll send you out there and you can, you can basically intern for a little bit and try the project engineer roll out. And she did, and she loved it. And she's been out there ever since. And as a project engineer and they hired a full time and she switched from VDC to project engineer, you know, so it's not like overnight, but I mean, a lot of companies like that, bigger companies will give you the opportunity, especially when there's a need out there and they need someone young, that's able to, to learn and want to learn. And she was that she was the definition of, you know, eager and, and young and ready to go. So she did that. So that's a good example. Um, and like I said, I, I started in CM, switched to safety. Um, we've actually, I got a guy that was in Florida as a safety manager and he just moved up to uh, North Carolina. We're doing the Carolina Panthers training facility and, nice. and field. Yep. And he, uh, he actually just switched over to quality control as a field manager. It's like a CM role. So he went from safety into him. That was kind of where he won. He, he liked it for a while and he kind of to him, he plateaued and he said, you know what, I'm going this route. And they were able to support that and train him and he loves it. So it's kind of cool. I mean, there's so many aspects to construction, right? From inspections to quality to field management to project management, estimating the office side, 
accounting, right? There's so many different aspects mm -hmm. that you can pretty easily, you know, switch over if you're, if you have the desire right, and the willingness to learn. Um, and, you know, hopefully a company that supports that um, and is able to support that for you. But um, you've got to, like they say at our company, you have to be able to um, jump in and be willing to get outside of your comfort zone because a lot of people don't like change, right? <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to change, but if you have that desire, then they're willing to, to help you open those doors to different avenues in the industry. Um, we actually have a thing too. I remember our chief executive officer last year when he came out prior to COVID and was talking about, you know, hey, we got projects all over. If you, if you want to up and move your whole family to a project for two years, call me. You know, we've got plenty of stuff all over the country. Um, so but that's what I love about it. I mean, there's opportunities out there, but they're not going to make you move. So I, uh, I've got a family and a kid and right now it's not what I want to do. Who knows? Maybe in 15 years, maybe we do. But um, that's cool that they do that. You know, hey, you want to uproot for a couple of years? Go for it. They'll, they'll support you. Um, and some some companies do like internship rotations, too, or like project engineer rotations where they'll you'll spend a month, couple months here and estimating a couple months in pre-con, couple months in you know, a field management. So that's kind of cool. We, we kind of do that with the interns as well to give them a good feel, a little bit of a, like a taste of each area. Um, we have a pretty good internship program as well. Every summer we bring in, I think last summer we had five, even with COVID, we had five interns. Um, nice. So, yeah. Plenty of and then, and then as a, a wrap up for you, if there's a young person listening to this podcast and they, they're listening to your story and say, well, maybe, you know, safety management might be for me. Uh, what steps do they need to take? So I, I'd highly recommend being in some sort of construction field or in the field first, whether that be like a CM or general contractor um, before you get full time into safety, because it really does help. And, and having my background of being able to read the drawings and, and know how things go together in, in a way, it, it helps you, you know, get go out there and talk to the teams about doing it safely. Right. Because you can't just read a book and say, hey, you're not doing that safe when that guy's been you know, it's doing that work for 30 years. Right? So it, you have to really understand the, the, the concepts, the schedule, the, the budget and all that, how it ties together before you kind of want to implement it for safety, I think is a good route. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's ways to get into safety from an arc, um, associates or bachelor's degree. You can certainly go that route as well if you're really interested. And if you think about it in high school, you're like, hey, I'm going to go get a four-year degree in occupational safety. You can certainly do that. And there's different routes. I mean, industrial, commercial, right? Mining, mm -hmm. um, maritime, right? So you can go that route, but I'd highly recommend some sort of construction background or at least maybe working in the field, right? Getting an apprenticeship, maybe being an electrician, carpenter, whatnot for a little while. Um, but other ways you can get involved in your local groups, um, ABC, AGC, LinkedIn groups, right? And internships, um, take all the training courses that you can. And if you can get someone to pay for it, go, you know, get them to help pay for it. Cause a lot of this stuff costs money, <laughs> a good bit of money. So <laughs> if you can get support from a contractor or a company do it, right. Get your first aid CPR car, get your OSHA 10, 30 hour, one of those two, right. Um, and just go out and work those positions and, and soak it all in the earlier, the better. Cause the more experience you get, the more people you meet, right. The more you connect with, and then the more opportunities that are available for you. Um, but yeah. And you, and you can certainly reach out to me too as well if you'd like. I mean, I'm always willing to help people get into the industry. I'm, I'm like I appreciate the opportunity because no one really you don't get too many people that want to talk to safety managers. <laughs> like you're like ah oh, yeah. the safety guys here right. There's an old stigma. You know I'm here to I'm here for a bad reason right. But it's right, it's right. not that yeah it, it's a cultural thing and the and the new waves it's 
there's, there's never been more of a demand right now for safety than before. I assure you there's the jobs are out there. It's plentiful. Uh, and there's plenty of good stuff in the pipeline. So if you're interested, it's certainly a great path to get into. Yep, for sure. Well, uh, thank you so much, Ryan. We really appreciate you joining the show. All right. Thanks so much, Matt. If you want to learn more about Build Your Path podcast or the built environment overall, go ahead and visit buildyourpath.org. Another big thank you to our guest, Ryan Monahan from Barton Mallow. Once again, this episode was brought to you by Carter Machinery. Build Your Path podcasts are produced by the Maryland Center for Construction, Education, and Innovation. I'm Matt Pine. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.